How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email, the stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that? All you need to do is text the word SHOW to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here across America. Delighted to have you with me from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's get to the news. The phone number 877-973-7425. While I was at my super secret meeting of the fast right-wing conspiracy over the weekend, Iran attacked Americans, and if you haven't heard this, I want you to know this is not AI. This is this is not computer-generated. This is real. This is the dim-witted White House press secretary offering condolences to the families of the three U.S. Uh, military personnel killed by Iranians in Jordan over the weekend. I'm not making this up. I wish I was, but this is real. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our he- heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave uh, three brave, uh, three brave of uh, three folks who are, who are military folks who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people. Obviously, more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. Um, she didn't have her binder in front of it. This is her trying to wing it. Um, that's why she has the binder. And this, the president of the United States. Thank you. One last thing, I want to point out. We lost three brave souls, he says. I'll cut the audio there short. It's not fantastic audio, given the microphone pickup, but had a rough day in the Middle East, he says. We lost three brave souls. Now, the fallout on this, here is John Kirby, uh, White House spokesman for national security. Admiral, I think a lot of Americans want to know if the Iranians continue to sponsor attacks uh, that kill Americans, that wound Americans, uh, that, that, that cause serious problems for, for, for Americans and undermine American interests in the region. At what point do we actually go after the source of the attacks, Iran, and strike them where they are? Well, I think I, I certainly understand uh, Americans' concern over uh, over these repeated attacks by uh, groups that are backed by Iran. Joe, uh, I'm not going to get ahead of the president or his decision space. I mean, you heard him say yesterday, we're going to respond. We'll do that. Obviously, we have now three families, three American families that got the worst possible news over the weekend, and now 30 more uh, uh, others that are injured, some of them seriously. Uh, we're going to take this seriously as well. We've got to do what we have to do to protect our troops and our facilities. What the options are available to the president, we're still working uh, through that. He's still working his way through that, and I don't want to close down any decision space on on his behalf. That said, uh, we certainly know Iran's back in these groups. Uh, we, we know that they are resourcing, they're supplying, in some cases they're providing information. 
information that allows these groups uh, to do this. We're taking that very seriously. We don't want a wider war with, uh, with Iran. We don't want a wider war in the, in the region. Uh, but we got to do what we have to do. And Iran wants one. Now, Mark Esper was Donald Trump's secretary of defense. He's still widely received. One of the few people who came out of the Trump administration that uh, people on all sides listened to. Uh, this is Esper. How do you thread that needle in this moment in time, given the complexity of all the dynamics at play here? Do you think it's possible? Yes, I do think it's possible. I think, uh, you know, General Brown uh, made a very thoughtful, reasoned statement there. We don't want a wider regional war, at least not right now. Uh, we need to be prepared. We, we, we need to get our allies on board, et cetera. But I do think it's possible to do that. I, I, Iran doesn't want a regional war either, but we have to take it to them because otherwise, look, the, the proxy militia groups don't care. They're not deterred in the sense that uh, they like this conflict. It was notable that the Islamic resistance in Iran in Iraq quickly took credit for these attacks. But um, I, Iran likes to keep it at arm's length, and so they don't want a broader war. So that's why I think at this point, uh, starting with the IRGC in Iraq and Syria, and then working your way up that escalation ladder to include targets in Iran if necessary, I think that's the way we need to go. All right. I, I, it, it's important you hear all of the audio as we go down this road, and you should know John Kirby is insisting that we're not looking for a war with Iran. He was on the Today Show, not just Morning Joe. He says, we want the attacks to stop. We'll keep looking at options. We are not looking for a war with Iran. Let me, let me just explain this one to you. And I hate to use logic because people are emotional these days. Who cares about your logic? There are a lot of Republicans, the J.D. Vance, Josh Hawley wing of the GOP and, and others who want us to just pack up and leave the Middle East. The Biden administration is playing with Joe Biden's history of flight. And these two forces are in concert together, deeply destabilizing. Why? Joe Biden, when he got to the U.S. Senate, one of his first things was to immediately call for the U.S. to surrender to the North Vietnamese and flee the country. And then when the American Marines were bombed in Lebanon, he immediately called for a full withdrawal from Lebanon. During the uh, Iraq war, he repeatedly called for the full withdrawal of American troops from Iraq. And ultimately, from Afghanistan, he did not only withdraw, but hand it back to the Taliban. Joe Biden's history is one of speaking loudly and carrying a limp stick. The Iranians know this. The Iranians know it. So you have the Republican isolationists who want to leave the Middle East, and you have Joe Biden's history of fleeing every time he's punched. Joe Biden and the American government, frankly, you look at what we did after the Somali and Black Hawk Down era, we left in Mogadishu. We're abandoning Ukraine. We're leaving Afghanistan. Uh, our enemies see the United States as a nation in retreat, and some of you listening right now rationalizes as saying we can't afford it. We got to leave. Here's the problem with what happens when we leave. There is a vacuum, and nature abhors a vacuum. Who comes in? Iran, China, and Russia. Guess who then controls the oil supply that you need for your cars because you don't want to go to battery-powered cars? Iran, China, and Russia. And do you think they will have your precious interests at heart? Really? Iran also wants to eliminate Israel. 
Iran has as a stated goal the return of the Mahdi. Christians believe the Mahdi is essentially an antichrist. The Iranian uh, Shiite Muslims believe that the Mahdi is um, the the guy who brings about the end of the world and, and brings about paradise, and that Jesus Christ will come and serve the Mahdi and work for the Mahdi to advance his goals of the end times. And part of bringing that about is war with Israel and the elimination of the Jewish state. Iran's goals, when seen from that framework, are entirely rational. They must remove us from the region so that they can eliminate Israel. Now, let me ask you a question, particularly those of you who do want to pack up and leave the Middle East. When Iran begins its war of annihilation against Israel, do you really think the United States and Europe are going to sit on the sidelines? Do you really believe that? The reality is the United States can't leave the Middle East any more than we should be abandoning the Ukrainians. We're just going to be spreading war to others who eventually we'll have to intervene with and we'll be put in a worse position by the flight that we have now. Look, I understand it's expensive and we really don't have the money. The question is, how do we contain the situation and use it to our advantage? And right now, uh, we're rolling back, we're scaling back, and the Iranians know it. The Iranians know every time Corn Pop's punched Joe Biden, Joe Biden's claimed he flat out knocked out Corn Pop, and in fact, Corn Pop knocked out Joe Biden. Again, he speaks very loudly, but his stick is not a big stick, it's limp. And the Iranians are playing us. Three American military personnel are now dead. 25 are injured, some critically. They're at the tower, Tower 22. What is it? It's an American classified military outpost in Jordan, as close to Syria as you can get without being in Syria. It is where American special operators have coordinated strikes inside Syria and the Middle East to help allies protect Israel and protect our own interests. Iran targeted it successfully. The Houthi have been targeting not just U.S. military ships, but also cargo ships in the Red Sea. They've been targeting Israel. They're targeting us around the world. And Joe Biden slaps them with an empty white glove and says, tut-tut, tut-tut. That's Joe Biden's policies, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. You slap him with the white glove and say, tut, tut, maybe, maybe we'll escalate to the banana peel slap. Tut, 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 tut. I grew up in this part of the world. Do you know what Middle Eastern countries respond to? Brutal force. The... Biden administration believes in escalating retaliatory strikes that are proportionate. If you disproportionately punch the snot out of Iran, they're going to leave you alone. They always do. That is the history of the Middle East. You will note when Donald Trump was president of the United States, he killed Qasem Soleimani the Iranians launched a couple of rockets that blew up in the desert around a military installation, and that was that. Now they're escalating more and more. They're advancing more and more. They're killing our soldiers, tut-tutting and slapping 
is not actually going to get them to stop. It's going to get them to escalate further. The Iranians are testing, they're probing, and all they see is weakness in return. We have to show strength. We have to show something other than a dementia-addled old man in charge. The Americans, this can't wait for a new president. This can't wait for Trump or anyone else. This has to happen now. Our defense personnel, led by our president of the United States, needs to pound the snot out of Iran, and they will back down. There will be riots and there will be protests and there will be hysteria on MSNBC of, oh, my gosh, we're we're escalating. We're going to war. You punch them hard. Iran has a history of backing down. This administration can't fathom it, can't process it, doesn't want to process it is led by weak men. Weak men who are so desperate to keep us from an escalating conflict, they're actually escalating the conflict. Y'all, we got to hit them hard. We don't have to bomb Iran like the senators want. It's very interesting uh, to watch some of the Trump supporters come out. Uh, John Cornyn, um, Tom Cotton, Lindsey Graham, and others have all come out with with actually bombing Iran. They're like, oh, that's why they're all supporting Nikki Haley. All these people have endorsed Donald Trump. They've all endorsed Donald Trump. They want to hit Iran. I don't know that you necessarily have to hit Iran. But you have to hit Iranian interests, and you have to hit them and obliterate them. You have to wipe those interests out for Iran to get the message. But right now, Iran knows the history of Joe Biden is to walk away, and Iran is trying to convince Joe Biden to walk away from the Middle East so that they can begin the elimination of the Israeli state. If Joe Biden walks away from the Middle East— There will be a great war in the Middle East that will involve us. We still have military bases in the Middle East. We're not giving up. If Joe Biden doesn't punch Iran back hard, more American service members are going to die as Iran continues to escalate to try to convince Joe Biden to walk away. So we either punch back hard now or we do see a widespread outbreak of war in the Middle East. You want to stop the war that could come? You pound the snot out of Iranian interests and show them we're not going anywhere. The problem is Joe Biden has never done that. He fled Afghanistan and handed that place back to the Taliban. Every time a foreign policy crisis has come, Joe Biden's position has been to retreat. Iran knows, and that's why they're killing our soldiers and sailors in the Middle East. Hello, America. The phone number, should you wish to be on the program, 877-973-7425. The border is becoming a serious national security issue. So, I was at the super secret meeting of the vast right-wing conspiracy this weekend and received a briefing from a member of Congress. Do you know where the people crossing the border are coming from outside of Central and South America? Most of them come from Central and South America. Do you want to know the number one country outside of Central and South America where they're coming from? It's a country you may have heard of called Afghanistan. 
and then there's China. They found Iranians. Last week, three Syrians were detained. They have Iraqis, uh, people from Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan. Those are all former Soviet republics uh, near China, Muslim territories. The people from Algeria, Azerbaijan, lots of people from the Middle East, Yemenis. They detained three people on the um, from Syria. They have found someone who was on the terror watch list who crossed the border from Somalia. The border is a national security issue, and, and members of Congress that I spoke to this weekend said, we need to stop talking about the border as an immigration issue because it's not an immigration issue. The border is not an immigration issue. The border is a national security issue. And we need to stop talking about this comprehensive immigration reform premised on the border when the border is a national security issue, that Joe Biden is trying to make it a immigration issue is going to drive people crazy and it's going to get a lot of us killed. And the FBI is starting to warn Congress that we have a huge problem on our hands, that red lights are going off all over the place and red flags are popping up everywhere. Given what's happened at the border, it is a huge issue. The terrorists may already be here, and it's happening on Joe Biden's watch. On my watch, I want you to go to Stamps.com. You can save yourself some money. I've been using Stamps.com on and off for 20 years. As my businesses as my business has grown, when I was practicing law without a law firm, I needed a reliable shipper. And I didn't want to go stand in line and get posted so you could print it off with Stamps.com is fantastic. It really is. I love Stamps.com. You can save up to 89% off UPS and uh, post office shipping rates. You don't have to stand in line. They'll come to you. You can arrange pickup at your office. You can even get supplies. Uh, You can get stamps, labels, whatever you need from Stamps.com. They make it so easy. All you do is you go to Stamps.com, you click the microphone, and you'll put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K, and you can get started today. There's no contract assigned. There's no long-term commitment. You can cancel at any time. Right now, you get a free digital scale, and you get some free postage. You get great rates. Skip the lines. Save time. Save money. If your business ships a lot, if you ship a lot of mail or packages, Stamps.com is a great fit. Uh, they will save you money. Stamps.com. Click the microphone. Put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Get saving and shipping today. Breaking news, um, the IRS contractor, Chaz Littlejohn, who leaked confidential taxpayer returns, including Donald Trump's and Jeff Bezos, to ProPublica, has been sentenced to five years in prison. Um, now, there's part of, a lot of conservatives are saying, why well, it should have been more than that, it should have been more than that, it should have been more than that. There's a problem, is that a lot of his returns leaked and were outside the statute of limitations, so... They couldn't actually be included in the trial. Um, and there's actually, I, I'm kind of stunned that the maximum sentencing is, is five years for something like this. He got the maximum. Um, and But five years in prison, good, uh, at least. He will also pay a $5,000 fine. And uh, what's so interesting is that he refused to acknowledge that what he did was bad until obviously he gets to trial. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm repentant. No, clearly you're not. Five years. He, he he claimed that he committed the offense, quote, out of a deep moral belief that the American people had a right to know the information and sharing it was the only way to affect change. Uh, well, he can go think about that for five years in prison now. Good. All right. Uh, to the phones. Jerry, you're going to be up first today. Welcome to the show. How are you? 
I'm doing great. Uh, big fan of yours. Been listening to you for a long time. Thank you. Um, I was uh, listening to your to what you were saying earlier, and I believe that the and I've got I've got two parts of this. I, I believe that the what's going on at the border ties to the Middle East mm-hmm. only because of what's been coming in. You know, especially with China, Russia, and a lot of Middle Easterns. Now, my my big question is: right now, there's a convoy that's coming from the East Coast, and there's going to be you know uh, truckers coming in and protesting at these sites. Uh, and I'm just wondering: is it going to be another thing where the federal government decides to start investigating these people and making them out to be enemies of the state? like they've done before with other people? I mean, I'm just kind of wondering what you think about um, that. Yeah, look, I I think probably so. I will also tell you, I'm a little bit hesitant to encourage people to go do this when the Texas Border Patrol is there with these other states there. Um, I mean, you, you could get people in the way, and I honestly think that their time would be better spent if they took this entire convoy and sent it to Washington, D.C., Go to Washington, D.C., where the media is, and protest this border, and you say it's about national security. This is from the Daily Caller. Federal authorities caught a terrorist at the U.S. southern border and released him into the country where he roamed freely for nearly a year before being arrested in Minnesota just days ago, according to an internal federal memo exclusively obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation. The unnamed individual who the memo only identifies as a member of the Somali terror group Al-Shabaab was released shortly after being caught illegally crossing the southern border near San Cedro, California, on March 13, 2023, according to the memo which the DCNF, the Daily Caller News Foundation, is not publishing in order to protect the identity of a confidential source. The terrorist screening center deemed him a mismatch after running his name through the terror watch list, according to the memo, which was sent to the Immigration and Customs Enforcement officials. However, on January 18, 2024, the terrorist screening center made a redetermination that the individual was a confirmed member of al-Shabaab, and was involved in the use, manufacture, or transport of explosives or firearms, the memo states. Two days later, ICE nabbed the Al-Shabaab member in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Border Patrol called 172 terror watch list suspects attempting to enter the U.S. illegally during fiscal year 2023. Former Homeland Security officials say the constant deluge of illegal immigrants hitting the southern border is making it easier for bad actors to slip into the country. Many within the Biden administration, including Secretary Mayorkas, have repeatedly assured us that the vetting process at the border is comprehensive and complete. John Fabricatore, a retired ICE field director who who sits on the National Immigration Center for Enforcement's board, told the Daily Caller. However, we continue to witness alarming instances where terrorists are able to freely roam the U.S. for months after being released at the border because their criminal and terror histories come to light, before their criminal terror histories come to light. Now, did y'all hear this audio that came out over the weekend of Ilhan Omar, uh, who is of Somali descent and represents um, Minneapolis in Congress? What can Sony that's in our school have not another Somali had the Anhai? What can Canada Kuno?
yeah, you can't understand her, can you? She's, teach, she's speaking her native tongue. Essentially says that uh, she wants to bend America to Somalia's will. She wants uh, the United States to um, push for what Somalia wants. She is essentially saying um, that her primary job is pushing Somali interests in the United States government. That's Ilhan Omar. The U.S. government will do what we want, nothing else. They must follow our orders. This is how we safeguard the interests of Somalia. And meanwhile, there is a Somali terrorist roaming free who was let out by ICE. The border is not an immigration issue. The border is a national security issue. And Republicans would be very wise to talk about it as such. The border is a national security issue. And you know another national security issue that is tied to all of this? This was another conversation over the weekend about the fiscal cliff that's coming in this country. The fiscal cliff is going to be very bad. And it is headed this way. What is the fiscal cliff? The fiscal cliff is the debt ceiling payments coming due, or the the, the debt payments coming due, service on the debt, combined with the end of the Trump tax cuts, combined with increases in Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid spending. As we have more retirees in this country than we have workers in this country, we have massive payments to service the debt coming due. And we have the Trump tax cuts. Now, Democrats, progressives will say, well, well, wait a second. When the tax cuts expire in 2025, that'll boost revenue to the country. Except, except what they are obfuscating, dancing around and refuse to acknowledge is what was one of the things that happened in the Trump tax cuts? Corporate tax reduction. What happened with that corporate tax reduction? Y'all will all remember getting that $1,000 bonus from so many companies that Nancy Pelosi said was chump change at the time? A lot of companies repatriated funds from abroad, brought it back into this country, paid taxes on it at a lower rate, paid bonuses, reinvested in the American economy. When the tax cuts expire, that revenue goes away because those companies leave their money abroad. It doesn't flow back into this country. So tax revenue actually goes down. It's counterintuitive, I know. And Democrats prey on that counterintuitive nature of it to claim that revenue will obviously go up when actually revenue will go down because companies will not repatriate the money. So you'll have a regression in tax tax payments to the government. You'll have massive tax payments on the debt. You'll have to refinance national debt. You'll have increased payments on Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid because we'll have more people retired than working in 2025. It's coming. That's going to profoundly alter the federal budget. It's going to profoundly alter what we as a nation can do what we can pay 
This is Mitch Daniels at the beginning of the month writing to the Washington Post. On the list of words in danger of cheapening from overuse, think focus, iconic, existential. You have your own favorites. Crisis must rank near the top. A foreign policy article in 2020 urged some crisis caution, listing healthcare, housing, energy, drugs, education, marriage, police violence, and others as declared crises that might not quali- fully qualify. A host of prognosticators coming from diverse disciplinary directions seem to think something truly worthy of the term is coming. They foresee cataclysmic economic and social change dead ahead, and they align closely regarding the timing of the crash's arrival. Unsettling as these forecasts are, the even more troubling thought is that maybe a true crisis is not just inevitable, but also necessary to further national success and social cohesion. There's the matter of the fiscal crisis that massive, massive restructuring of the national debt has to come and restructuring of of the national tax code has to come. Forecasters, even conservative forecasters, are starting to believe that we're going to have to increase taxes across the board, even on the middle class when it comes, because we're not doing anything necessary now. Meanwhile, we've got all these foreign policy crises. We need funding for defense, and we're about to wipe out funding of defense to pay the national debt. A crisis is coming. A fiscal cliff is arriving. It's on the horizon. And no one in Washington is talking about it. Market guru John Maudlin has begun forecasting a great reset. Not the great reset that you think of if you listen to some conservative talk radio show host, but this one. The unsustainable bills cannot be paid. The economy comes crashing down around our ears. The economic crash and reset to the American financial position will come within the next decade. All of this is coming to watch, and Joe Biden is derelict on all fronts. As Robert Gates, Barack Obama's Secretary of Defense said, Joe Biden has been wrong about everything. As Barack Obama said, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up. That's what Barack Obama said about his own vice president. It's coming. It's getting closer. It's abundantly obvious. And we got people squabbling over the conspiracy theories of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, whether they're not in a real relationship or just to boost the ratings of the NFL. We are not a serious people. And serious reality is headed our way. The light you see is not the end of the tunnel, but a fast approaching train. And our president prefers to speak loudly and carry a limp stick when he encounters all sorts of crises around the world. These are dangerous times. And if these are the adults in the room, the adults look just like clowns. It's time to recommit yourselves to the founding of this country and the conservative constitutional structure of this country, which is why you should go to ericforhillsdale.com today and hear their constitution nuggets that they are producing. And they're airing on my show during commercial breaks. They educate you on the constitution. They educate you on the fundamental 
operations of the American government. They educate you on how the founders saw and intended this country to operate. They're really good. You go to ericforhillsdale.com today. You can listen to them. You can share them with your friends. You can sign up at Hillsdale for great courses about the Constitution and so much more. They have a great course on C.S. Lewis as well. Love that one. Hillsdale College is committed to the Constitution and committed to the Constitutional Republic. And if you go to ericforhillsdale.com today, they will give you a free pocket constitution with the Declaration of Independence included. It's a great, great little book. You can carry it around with you. It's perfect for a coat. ericforhillsdale.com, E-R-I-C-K. You can get your free pocket constitution and you can hear the Constitution Minutes from Hillsdale College. You can hear what's aired across the nation on this program. You can educate yourself about the Constitution and you can pass them along to your friends, your progressive friends who think the Constitution has a pulse. You can correct them and educate them and yourselves. Eric for Hillsdale.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're in the business of a business, you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, expanding deals like that, you need $250,000 or more, reach out to First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com, FirstLibertyGA.com. Let the folks at First Liberty Building and Loan see if they can help you, anyone nationwide. Okay. I got I to gotta, I gotta spend a moment on some audio, and I need to apologize. I'm going to play this conversation between Kristen Welker and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez from Meet the Press yesterday. I think what we are seeing right now throughout the country is that young people are appalled at the violence and the indiscriminate loss of life. We are not just seeing 25,000 people that have died in Gaza. We are seeing the starvation of, of millions of people, the displacement over, of over 2 million Gazans. We have South Africa that has mounted uh, a court in the ICJ. The ICJ ruled this week that Israel has a grave responsibility to prevent genocide. But they're still, they're the still determining whether it's a genocide. Do you think that they are still determining given it. that it's still under investigation? I believe that they are they're still determining it but in the interim ruling the fact that they said there's a responsibility to prevent it the fact that this word is even in play the fact that this word is even in our discourse i think demonstrates the mass inhumanity that gazans are facing and so whether you are an individual that believes this is a genocide which by the way in our polling we are seeing large amounts of Americans concerned specifically with that word. So I don't think that it is something to completely uh, toss someone out of our public discourse uh, for using. But I think what we are seeing here is that the Netanyahu government has lost public support and that we have a responsibility to protect the human rights and the humanity of Gazans and hostages alike in the area. So... The Wall Street Journal has a massive report out today. 
the UN uh, UNRWA, the, that's the Palestinian Refugee Authority for the United Nations. It's kind of interesting. The United Nations has a refugee authority and a separate one just for the Palestinians. Uh, the U.S., Australia, Great Britain, and others have stopped funding because it turns out that some of their employees were Hamas operatives. The United Nations said it was just a few bad apples. Turns out it was 1,200 employees of the U.N. Uh, refugee uh, program for for uh, Palestine, for the Palestinians, United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian Refugees, UNRWA. 1,200 of them worked for Hamas and Islamic Jihad. So the United States has decided to stop funding it because so many of the employees are actual terrorists. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the squad are outraged. Follow along with me in this logic here. A few police officers in Minneapolis killed George Floyd. And the squad wants every police department in America defunded. A thousand 200 UN personnel turn out to be actual literal terrorists and we defund them and the squad wants us to restore the funding. The squad, the progressive members of the House of Representatives, want to defund American police departments and fund terror cells around the world. Is it any wonder they're committed to open borders knowing terrorists are streaming across the border? These people look at the United States as an illegitimate, oppressive regime and are perfectly happy to see it come undone. That's what's going on here. The squad hates America. They see the potential for an America that they can love, but it is an America that is neutered, an America that is collapsed, and an America that is oppressed by terror regimes around the world. Only then will they love this country. You know, I say you can't look at the Democrats as our enemies. You got to love your neighbors. But you also do have to acknowledge that some of them actually do want to eliminate the United States, and AOC seems to be one of them.